In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Welcome back from what I think was a pretty uh, restful break and time away. Um, It almost feels like we didn't even have one. (laughs) I know, but Amy, we can't like reveal the secrets of our strategy live. (laughs) This is live action. This is happening in mid January 2022. Welcome to the new year. I hope. Let's just say with 2022, like, you know, the perverseness of the past couple years is like 2020 came and everyone was like, well, maybe not everyone, but maybe many people were like, this is my year. And then by (laughs) March, it was like, nope. And then everyone was like, oh, 2021 vaccines are here by the middle of the year. This is my year. Um, Mm. And I don't know that that necessarily worked out for people. So for 2020, I mean, <laughs> for 2022, I let's just, just predict shit. <laughs> no, I was just oh, going to okay. say like, let's do like, let's just ignore that it's happened. Let's just like yes, tread carefully <laughs> and don't we'll, anybody suggest that it might be your year because you jinxed it the last two years when you said yeah. that. So So, like, and then we can, like, check in on 2021 in, like, July or August. There you go. And see how things have gone. Um, Yeah. But, yes, we're back from hiatus, uh, well-rested, prepared for the year ahead. Um, And we are diving back into non-holiday-themed science fiction (laughs) material. (laughs) Okay, and I'll be real. Um, We just talked about you know 2022 this is your year i will say january is the bleakest of months for me personally you don't think february is the true worst of the worst um no for me it's january because i mean yeah february sucks too (laughs) i mean obvi but january is a rough one for me because i really enjoy the holidays really like the the christmas movies like all the things about it and January is a huge come down and um, it's also like the time where everyone's like trying to like be the best versions of themselves, which is like very annoying and like yeah. feels like pressure. Yeah. I, it's just as a big come down for me from like the holidays and the uh, it just it feels like a bleak long month. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, I kind of feel like what I like what I like about January is that 
no one gives a fuck anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can just, like, you know, you can just return. But, like, also, when you come back to work from your time away, like, because usually, like, the time leading up to your break is, like, very stressful because you're like, I got to do, like, these eight or nine things today yeah. so that then I can, like, leave things be for two or three weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, but then you get back and everyone's like, uh, there's no urgency to anything oh. <laughs> that you're doing. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that. Or it's like, um, okay, we've, like, been chill for the last two weeks, so, like, everybody's, like, up your butt. There's lots of things about January yeah. that's, like, there's no – and there's also the thing with January and February, really, that make them tough is, like, there's no end in sight. Like, there's no. nothing to the look forward to in The worst part of winter is here. Um, yeah, and there's just like nothing exciting about either of those months. Like there's no fun there's no fun holidays. There's no fun like breaks. <laughs> right. You know, it's there's just it's not there's nothing fun about those two months. And no. um yeah, those those ones are rough for me. But now to really anyway. seamlessly <laughs> to really seamlessly transition back to our kind of normal content. Um any thoughts, like, have you ever been into the Old West? Uh, yeah, I thought you would ask something like this. And I was realizing, <laughs> as I was watching this particular show and specific episode, I was like, hmm, I don't care for sci-fi, and I now am realizing I don't care for Western. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I like the the look of the old west and i like some of the ideas of it love horses yeah. love you know the some kind of the of outfits old, are fun the outfits i love in like a theme park when you can like go to a photo booth in the oh, old yeah. west and like dress up and like do an old timey photo like yeah. i love dress up I, like a like an old prostitute yeah. lady and yeah yeah i love it oh my god the best um yeah i love all that um but but actual like old west content, mm. boo, I kind of like it in Back to the Future Three, even though that's yeah. the worst of those movies. But it's because he's not from that time period. When it's I like see. really supposed to be that time period, it's a little like oh, for me. I don't know. Not it's not quite for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of funny coming from the woman who loves Hey Dude so much. Yeah, but that's not real. <laughs> well, correct. That's it's true. that's more of like a teen soap that happens to have the backdrop of a dude ranch. Like it's right. not quite like an old western. Cuz I like again, it's not like the environment that I don't like, but it's just like the whole vibe of I mean, like, this show I'm not sure if it like it was weird, so it's hard to even, like, I'm not sure if this would count as all of that, but, like, I'm sure if I watched The Rifleman, I would think it was boring. I'm yep. sure if I watched, you know, Bonanza, I would think it was boring. <laughs> I mean, um, that might just be because those shows are from 1958, but... Yeah, I guess. I take your point. Yeah, I don't know. I Like, it would never be something... Oh, here's what I'll say. It would not be something I would seek out to watch on my own. Like, sure. I would never go to a, a movie that was, like, an old Western. Sure. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't... I guess I feel indifferent to 
mm-hmm. westerns as a genre. I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely generally don't seek them out, but like, like remember back when like Deadwood was all the rage. Um, I remember that, but I don't, I never watched it and I don't even think I knew it was a Western to be quite honest. I never watched it and it wasn't because it was a Western. I just was like, but like the Western part of it didn't attract me either. I was just yeah. like, it's not really my scene. Um, and but there's lots so, of shows about like Gold Rush. Would that be considered like, I guess that would be yeah. like kind of a Western-y and I'm yeah. not, the only one I can picture that, the only thing that I can picture that took place during the Gold Rush that I did like was oh boy are you gonna I think I know what you're gonna say but go ahead I bet you I bet you you do know what I'm gonna say because um it was it was Shelley Duvall's all tales and legends darling Clementine yes of course and now I am picturing the scene where she's got those like boxes on her feet and shoes and she's she's dancing on the water yes yeah love it (laughs) Love that. And, like, I remember very specifically <gasps> oh the scenes God. where they would show the guys, like, doing their little, like, digging Panning in the water for gold. For go- yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So that's the only, like, Old West. <laughs> I think that's oh, my boy. style. That is really saying something about something. <laughs> um, so, and I don't know what exactly. Yeah, I can't what go the heck? It's saying something um, about something, not even something about me. It's just saying something about something. Yeah. That's like all, my, that's all, I like don't know that I have a disorder. Uh, I'm not a trained psychologist. <laughs> I really can't speak to that, Amy. And if we are going to discuss that, I think it should be off air. Um, okay. But so why don't you tell everyone what we are discussing today? Because they may be a bit surprised to hear, as perhaps you were, the combination platter of science fiction and Western together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. I didn't know what the heck was happening. Um, so we are talking about an episode of a show called The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Mm-hmm. And apparently it aired from 1993 to 1994, which was my very first question. Because <laughs> um, I didn't look at anything up about this show. Um, and the, the specific episode we watched was called Fountain of Youth which was episode 17, and it aired in January of 1994. Yes, basically, like, what, 28 years ago Holy from now. Shit. <laughs> Indeed. I, I don't like to say things like that because it yeah, ages us horribly. Yeah, I wish that you would Horribly, yeah. uh, but that is what it is. So, um, Briscoe County Jr. Uh, is a pretty beloved a uh, cult classic show. Um, I don't think cult classics necessarily only get canceled after one season, but that does often seem to be part yeah, of Yeah, because the they're appeal. usually, well, okay, I won't say usually, because I do have some that I am a fan of, but like this is like pretty bad. <laughs> well, like I in mean, terms of like everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> you really resented no, I having to watch this show. <laughs> I, there was one moment where I said, I was watching it today, and I said, I'm so mad at my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but also it was having, like, it was giving me, like, technical problems where it kept, like, pausing, so it was like, making it even more painful oh. to watch. So that oh. was not necessarily your fault, but I no, was getting it, frustrated. No, it wasn't It wasn't even not, not, not necessarily my fault. It was 100% not my fault yeah, that but the you made streaming me watch wasn't it. working. Like, yeah, but... Um, but 
So this particular show falls into a larger genre, not just of TV, but also kind of general media called the weird Western. That Um, is accurate. Yes. And um, this generally combines, not like necessarily all of this at once, but it's taking the Western and maybe adding elements from fantasy, horror, or sci-fi. Sometimes all three. Um, Whoa. And I'm just trying to picture the episode where they'd put all of those together and what the heck. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So also. There's got to be an alien episode of this. I'm. I well yeah because there's well we'll talk about how we get to time travel at some okay. point um, yeah. in this episode not just at some point yeah. in the future we'll talk about time yeah. travel um, but so uh, like and similarly or like a sort of semi related genre or parts that um, emerge out of weird westerns is like steampunk stuff hmm. um, so this is like often you'll see in weird westerns like. They've taken technology that we know exists in the present and, like, um, shown somebody making it in the past, but, like, well before that technology actually really existed in reality Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, Yeah. And I guess that was actually an element in Briscoe County Junior that was quite common is they would take um, modern-day technologies and someone would, like, a, a super like, um, intelligent scientists would create, like, um, I think in one of the episodes they have a diving suit thing hmm, okay. that, it, that predates when that technology actually existed. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So this is actually a really popular kind of um, well-explored genre that started appearing, if I remember from the Wikipedia page, like, in the 1930s, um, hmm. where you would take kind of, because people... Although you and I are clearly not these people, many people love the idea of being in the Old West. Oh, I know it. And I wonder what that psychology is or that. Like, oh, boy. Your I'm shots just, fired at people who like well, no, the Old no, West. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I do think it's something about like we are very obsessed with, I guess I'll say as a society, like the whole like, I feel like people love the classic. Um, like saloon and like right. men men who are men and they like have yeah. duels and shit yeah. like that. Well, and it is true that specifically in the United States, the the idea of the frontier um, has been really essential. And I know this uh, mm. as a historian. There's actually a lot of work written about how because for, you know, the first more than 100 years of the country's existence, the frontier was always moving westward. And so there was mm-hmm. always, like, this kind of sense of, like, we're moving forward, we're expanding outward, mm-hmm. Ev- the po- everything is possible. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was happening at the expense of indigenous people, um, both right. their lives and their land. Um, but so this has but been that built. that doesn't sound like something we need to care about. <laughs> Indeed, not. And they certainly don't really make an appearance in this episode. No. Um, but like, so that is, that is a kind of fundamental component. Ev- and there's quite a lot of work about how even once, um, like all of the West is explored and settled, the idea of the frontier remains really in kind of, um, how do I want to say it? Important to kind of mm-hmm. the American spirit. So I think that's yeah. why a lot of people are really drawn to this. And I think yeah. as well because it has maybe a theatrical quality. Yeah. Um, that's also why, like, 
any visual medium wants to sure anything it's very pretty i mean like the old ranches that they use and like all that kind of stuff it's very picturesque and it seems like it would be expensive to me to shoot um not because of like location per se but like they need a lot of horses there's a lot of horses in this well and this is one of the last things that was filmed at um i think i want to say like the warner brothers uh western back lot which was a very extensive um set that was built like long before this show that was just like we always are shooting westerns we need a town we needed this we needed that Mm. um but now people don't make as many westerns so i think that lot has been like those buildings that we see in that have been torn down like decades ago um and i thought this was interesting and i can see the kind of through lines here so the creators of the show jeffrey bullum and carlton cuse um were they both wrote indiana jones and the last crusade Oh. And that movie did really, really exceptionally well at the box office. And so an executive at Fox was like, I want a TV show that kind mm. of captures that energy. Mm. Um, and so this is kind of where, so, and I guess like they went through a few different uh, cycles before they settled on this because um, Boehm and Cuse kept doing things where they were like, that's a movie. That's too much that we don't have the money for that. Like this is a TV show that we want. Yeah. Um, so, and in terms of the premise of the movie or sorry, the show itself, um, it is set in the years 1893 and 94. So exactly a hundred years before the show begins to air. And Um, I would not have gotten that personally until they kind of said it right at the end. Yeah, they did. I didn't, fully know either but again I also know like I know that is technically the time period that like is quote-unquote the old west yeah I would have though it looked very 80s to me so I was like trying to figure it out like well and then and intriguingly like by the 1890s like things were pretty settled like it wasn't quite the rough and tumble place that it had been even 10 and certainly 20 years before Mm -hmm. Um, cause, so is and, this not historically accurate? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, I'm now remembering that also one of the things that they said, um, like in the creation of this is that they wanted to get this moment where like this past is really on its way out and we're looking to the mm-hmm. future. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why all this kind of steampunks and technology and stuff is incorporated mm. into it. Got it. Um, general premises that will be useful i hope to understanding the episode that we watched briscoe county junior is obviously the son of briscoe county senior is there a briscoe i was gonna ask is 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 that person present in this show at all no but he is like a central plot point because briscoe county senior is a bounty hunter in the west briscoe county junior is a Harvard-educated lawyer. Uh, but when his father gets killed by John Bly's gang, Briscoe mm. County Jr. decides to go hunt down John Bly and his gang. Okay. And so it says here that he becomes a bounty hunter, So he, but he's specifically a bounty hunter for that one guy. Right. Okay. And, like... I like I've not watched any of the other episodes of the series, but like my understanding is that 
the central kind of storyline to this season is that Briscoe County Jr. and John Bly are in a, a long, drawn-out series of conflicts over the case over the course hmm. of the season. That's like mm-hmm. the central story. Yeah, I mean, they talk about John Bly as if we're supposed to know, right? That he's well, a we bad would guy know. Already. I mean, this is episode seventeen of I think twenty-three, so. We would have yeah, known. It's very established, <laughs> right? Um, right, but it's clear that that's like his like main that enemy. means something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the central kind of, and actually, that's worth mentioning too. That I think this clearly seems like one of those early attempts that we're moving into. We're not quite in the golden era of television yet, but we're doing some interesting uh, workings of like here's an episodic show but also incorporating serial elements Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Whereas now I feel like a lot of shows are really very serial-oriented rather than episodic. So we're kind of playing with that format here. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing, and now this is the one that might be a little hard to wrap your head around. I I didn't even, this part that you're about to say, I know what you're about to say, didn't even try to understand. I'm yeah. going to be honest. Like, I was like, cool, got it, or whatever. <laughs> right. So, the reason, so not only does Briscoe County want to get John Bly because he kills his father, he also needs to stop John Bly from obtaining something called an orb. Um, there might even be more than one orb. I can't remember for sure. The orbs. Um, well, we see one in this, so we'll talk about what it looks like, uh, when we get mm-hmm. there. Um, they are some kind of machinery from the future. Mm-hmm. And when someone gets touched by a rod from the orb, they develop powers. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, I didn't even, I didn't even let my brain ask the question why. I was just like, got it, whatever. (laughs) Well, we do get a bit of a reveal as to why John Bly wants these orbs in this Mm. episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is is similar. Like, this is a running part of the storyline of this whole season. Got it. Let's now move on to the cast. There are not many okay. people. I mean, there are actually quite a few people in this episode, but there are only a handful that actually matter to the story. And unsurprisingly, one of those people is the titular character of Briscoe County Jr., played by a 36-year-old Bruce Campbell. Uh, hmm. Did you recognize this guy? No, I didn't. So you've never watched Evil Dead? I guess not. That is wild for such a horror fan as you. Yeah, I guess I need to. Yeah. He's in Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and oh, whoa. Army of Darkness. Maniac Cop series. That sounds kind of good, too. <laughs> yeah. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's a really well-known... Um, hmm. I, he calls himself a B actor. I'm not sure that he really is that anymore. But basically, he um, is from Detroit, where Sam Raimi is from. They were friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did a lot of movies together. His first credit um, was in 1972. And then he does, like, a bunch of short films that I have to assume at least some of them were, were with Sam Raimi in that mm-hmm. time. And then in 1981, Evil Dead comes out. 
Um, which, yeah, I think I've seen both Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. You definitely should give them I should, a watch. I need, yeah, I need to. I don't know what, why that's fallen off my radar, but I need to watch those. Um, but yes, he's also in a series of movies called Maniac Cop, which I think I've also heard <laughs> of as being fairly good. Um, mm. He's in one of our favorite weird things that for some reason we watched as children, the Hudsucker Proxy. Um, I don't know what that is. I know that. Oh, what that is. I know I what that is. It sounds it's got crazy, Tim Robbins. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, Whoa. Uh, I, and truly, this is one where I watched it as a child, and I'm like, this is not a kid's movie. It's not, like, inappropriate, but I'm like, why on earth did I end up watching this? Like, what were the series well, we were of weird. circumstances that led to We were definitely this? weird with the things that we liked to watch, I think, but I don't, I've not heard of that. I don't know what that is. Hudsucker Proxy also, I'm now realizing, has tones of It's a Wonderful Life in it at the end oh. um and i don't There's remember angels what in it <laughs> uh i don't think there i mm. can't it's been a while um he also had like kind of a char- a series of character arcs in both xena and hercules oh that's um, funny and then he was uh a supporting character in burn notice which was a show that i watched for a while that i quite liked mm-hmm. um that was like a one of the only, like, spy shows. That was shows. a USA show, right? Yeah. It was one of the only spy pro- kind of properties that I ever really cared for. Um, and then finally, most recently, he reprises his role. So in Evil Dead, he plays a character called Ash. And so um, in more recent past, he was in a TV series called Ash versus the Evil Dead. That was a pretty, like, oh, gotcha. high prestige thing. So he's hmm. quite well-established um and this he would have been recognizable already by the time this came out okay um yeah next we have a character called lord bowler who's played by julius carey who is 42 um i definitely recognized him but when i was looking at the stuff he was in um well i i didn't necessarily recognize him the only thing like possible for me out of this list you wrote down yeah I mean the I didn't necessarily recognize him the way his he was costumed and styled in this show but when I saw his picture on IMDB I was like I've seen that guy um and yes I have to assume it would have been from Family Matters he was also on a he did some uh appearances on a different world I'm pretty Mm. sure there was a murder she wrote in there um (laughs) but to me the things that I wish I had seen that he had done included something called Disco Godfather. Um, that sounds great. I don't... I Is it like you go to the disco and then you also learn about Catholicism? Because you know that's what godparents are supposed to oh. do. Is like, yeah, no, I don't like that. I think it's like... <laughs> I think it's like uh, like someone at the disco who's like the godfather of disco. Okay. I yeah, that sounds more fun. And then <laughs> yet another thing I would be intrigued to know what this is all about. The fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yeah, is that like a fish called Wanda? I probably not. I'm going to say probably <laughs> not. Um, um yeah, I would like to know a fish that saved Pittsburgh what that is. I I don't know. I don't know enough about Pittsburgh or fish to make a good joke no, here. Me either. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> but 
this was definitely his longest running gig. Like, he's in a lot of, especially, like, TV appearances, but this was kind of his mm. main uh, claim to fame. Okay. Then we have a character called Socrates Poole that's played by Christian Clemenson, who was also 42. Um, and he's been, he was around for a long time before this, but I knew I was recognizing him from something more recent. And when I thought about it, it's a combo platter of, he was Abel Kuntz in Veronica Mars. So he had a couple appearances in the Veronica show. Mars show. Well, Wait. that might be about like age difference between you and me. Cause I watched that mm. a little more. Mm. But then he's also a main player in the TV show Boston Legal, mm. which, again, I didn't really watch very much of, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy who is, like, I think his girlfriend is attracted to objects, and so oh. they have various, like, turmoil because she is, like, actually in love with with her iPhone, and I mean, like, romantic whoa. love with her iPhone whoa, or something. Whoa, whoa, um, Oh. Yeah. So I recognized him from those two things, and apparently he's also in the Malignant movie that came out recently. Oh. I, you know what? I never finished watching that. I, like, started it, and then I was like, what's happening? And I turned it off. Um, I keep meaning to watch it, but, like, it only just moved to not being, like, $20 to rent it. Oh. Like, Oh. And I'm like, I'm not spending $20 to rent a no. movie. <laughs> no, I no, refuse. no, 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 um, Next, we have, of course, the person we've already talked quite a bit about. The character is John Bly. And that's mm -hmm. played by an actor named Billy Drago, who was 49. Um, he kind of seems to similarly be in, like, B-movies and, like, one-off TV spots. His biography said that he tended to play villains, which I would believe. I could see that, yeah. He has a weird face. Like, you know who he reminded me of? And I hope that this isn't blasphemous, but I thought he kind of looked David Bowie-ish. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It, well, it's because he had those, like, intense He's very angular. Yeah, and yeah. he's got, like, very angular features. I yeah. mean... And I could actually see David Bowie playing a good villain. I think he ha he well, has he has. to be a good yeah in so Labyrinth. So. <laughs> right, I mean, that's maybe who I was picturing when I was like, yeah. I mean, I think it is true that you like. I'm not sure that angular face is necessarily a direct line to being a villain, but it does seem when I think about like it helps evil characters. Oh yeah, in the past, it, it does seem to be a part of it somehow. Yeah, um, and he absolutely has that look. Other yeah. kind of slight side quest on this, um, I really enjoyed how many long hair on men situations were happening in this episode. <laughs> okay. I have, like, a lot to say about some of the men in this, like, quote-unquote gang that was, like, happening. But, <laughs> but it was more so, like, not even... What was funny to me, well, I guess we'll get into it, but there was so much long, like, Fabio hair on men. Yes, yes. And I think that it was maybe either A, supposed to be, like, of that time, which would be the 1990s, which is not when right. this is supposed to be happening. Correct. Or, Absolutely, that's a part of it, for sure. Okay, okay. Or B... Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it because I actually thought them, all the people in that game, 
game gang having like long lustrous locks actually threw me off a little bit about what the storyline was. Oh, okay. I was I thought it was going a different direction. Sure, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the longest hair of the men that get no. shown in this, but he does have long hair. Yeah. And now that we're kind of back to a time where there is slightly more men with long hair situations, um mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is fun to see." And it did absolutely bring me back to that time because I was like yeah in the 90s there was a lot of that um you know so who's to say what it was like in the 1890s yes and maybe it maybe it was maybe I think there was a lot of long hair because it's not like you could get to a barber or anything very like very frequently well I just think think it was like up until relatively recently in human history, men were much more, like, fanciful, I feel like, in their Mm. self-presentation about, like, beards and Mm. long hair and what you could do with either Mm. of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe you want some, like, snazzy buttons on a coat. Like, um, I feel like men's fashion over, like, the past, let's say, since the 50s has gotten increasingly, like, why are you why are you wearing any color other than blue? Like Yeah. Um and so it's possible, though I'm not sure, but like yeah, when you look at old timey photos, it does seem like you're as likely to it's like fifty fifty shot if someone's gonna have long hair yeah. or not and be a man. Yeah. Um whereas now mm-hmm. you're not you're not seeing it to that like yeah. degree. Next we have the character named Lillian Coles who's played by this woman that we both felt we recognized, named Terry Ivins. Yeah. She's 27. Um, she is still working. She's still around. Um, she, I thought it was cute. She was clearly early on as a teen in an episode of Doogie Howser. Mm. Um, she does a lot of TV work all, and still does. Um, but I think I think the thing we probably sort of recognize her from... This must be it. Like, yeah. it's got to be. She is one of the Torreses on All My Children. She Which, is what the hell family Simone. is that? That's like Maria. Oh. And Julia. Okay. And she, I okay. think she's their, their one of younger? their younger sisters because she's only on there from 2006 to 2007. Now, obviously, okay. we weren't actively watching All My Children in those years, but I have to assume that's where we saw this woman. Yeah, it's got to be. There's, I just, there was nothing else in her profile that I was like, that's it. Like, I'm almost positive it has to be from that. Um, No, it's gotta be. Yeah. So, and shout out to mom because it's your favorite uh, soap opera. Mom, look up Terry Ivins. Tell us if that was that. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at a picture of her. Okay, okay, okay. I'm looking at a picture of her not from this show and that's definitely what I recognize her from, I think. Okay. That I mean, she's very cute. So yeah, and you know That's how a soap actor has to be like exceptionally good looking, even yeah. amongst actors like better than. Oh them. yeah, you have to be basically a model. Yeah, um, yeah. and then the final character we need to know is um, someone who we are introduced as the father of Lillian, Professor Ogden Coles. That's played by sixty-one-year-old Brandon Maggart. Um, and frankly, as you see here in this outline, I don't think of people named Brandon as being over 60. <laughs> so everybody named Brandon dies young? 
No, more like it kind of reminds me that names go in waves of trends. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. to me, like Brandon is actually a name that is came back like when you and I were like for boys, mm. like there are a fair few Brendan, Brandon, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, so I only think of the oldest of Brandon could be, would be like 48. Um, <laughs> that is but, so specific. <laughs> but like this guy was 61 in 1993 and he was called Brandon. So I'm, I don't know something about it. I was like, this is weird. I don't, okay. Like, fine. It's his, his business and his parents' business, but I thought it was funny to me personally. Um, <laughs> He was also in a movie, I want to say, that I thought you might enjoy watching at some time in the future called Christmas Evil. Love that. I feel like, have I watched that? I don't even know. But yeah, I love that title. And then he also had, he. it seemed like he was a series regular in a show called Brothers that ran mm. from 84 to 89. I certainly have never seen that show. I know nothing about no. it, but... Um, he was, I think he was slowing down by this point. Like his credits, uh, don't seem to be happening as much throughout the nineties. And then his last credit is in 2007. Um, and I'm fairly sure he's still alive, but he would be, you know, quite aged by now. Yeah. Um, and that's all the people we need to know to move on to understanding this show. So we open up. And we're in, like, a mining camp or just some kind of camp. I'm not totally sure. Um, But Briscoe and Lord Bowler have arrived at this camp um, in search of Ogden um, because they've gotten a telegram from him that says, come and find me. This is where I am. Mm -hmm. And when they get there, uh, they're talking to these people who do not answer about where um, Ogden is. Um, and then while they're kind of, I don't know, like twiddling their thumbs, figuring out what to do next, they see this altercation between a man and a woman where the man, this was kind of, I couldn't believe I was seeing this. He's like whipping her with a that whip. That guy loved to whip people. He was like bringing out that whip whenever he could. I mean, I appreciate it. I've actually... Um, used a whip before like when I was in Australia and went to a sheep station they had this whole thing where you could do like well it was like part of a tour it was like come and look at the sheep station and see all the sheep and how we like keep them and then as a part of the like the activities you can learn how to crack a whip and you can learn how to throw a boomerang and like other country things (laughs) so wow okay so Whip cracking is super fun. Like, um, I have no desire to learn how to use a whip for the purposes of on another human being or to, like, grab something and, you know, like, and pull it back to me. But whip mm-hmm. cracking is very fun. So. I mean, I can see that. But I feel I'll like there that. is, like, there's quite a technique to it to get it right, is there not? Yeah. Yeah. You have to, like, well, this is really redundant and I don't think it's the best wordplay but you you do have to whip it a certain way to get the crack sound yeah. that you want yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about like the tightness of your wrists when you let go of, you know all that jazz mm-hmm. um, I don't think that this particular actor is really great at it but because they can <laughs> add the sound later 
Um, yeah, yeah. So they're having this altercation. Um, because they're like her- heroic men, Briscoe and Bowler come up and get in the way of this whole attack. The guy runs away with the rest of his gang who... Um, and it is true. I, like, noticed right away. I was like, everyone in this gang has, like, long, flowing locks of hair. Well, and then he even says, I loved this, that he was like, that is a very good-looking gang. Yeah, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, I was like, I love that he just said that. That's <laughs> and it, it was true. So then these men, like, ride out uh, super fast from the camp. And then the woman turns to him and... She's like, are you Briscoe County? I'm so glad to see you. And she gives him a big hug. And so that's our cold open into the show. And I was like, why is his name Briscoe County? I, like that. You really got uh, hung up on that. I did, because that's not a name. That's a place. Like, why is his last name County? It's just, I found it confusing, especially like, I feel like in the Old West, like that sounds like a real place. Like, and then you're like, I'm looking for Briscoe County. I'd be like, okay, it's like two miles that way. Like sure. that is, I just find, I, that name threw me off. <laughs> I'm just seeing if Briscoe County is anything. It might not be, but it's still, I think, is a weird name that shouldn't uh, be a name. So far, the only thing I've found is that... There is a place called the Briscoe County Wood Grill in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's the only okay. thing I found. All right. Uh, but still, so but I take your county, point, but... Yeah, fair enough, whatever. Maybe Briscoe County isn't two miles that way. But the point being, it's a weird name. And it immediately I was like, wait, that's his name? Because I clearly, when I... Even though the show is called Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., the junior would imply that it's a person, but I still was like, why is the show called Junior? Um, so, P.S., the Briscoe County Wood Grill and Saloon sells something called onion straws. Ooh, um, that sounds good. <laughs> with Cajun horseradish sauce. Yeah, I really want to be eating that right now. Is that like an awesome um, blossom, sort of? I do not know. I, maybe. They also make <laughs> rotisserie chicken. Ooh, I bet it's good. Um, yeah, they got Norwegian salmon. They've got steak You're and just shrimp. looking up their menu? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted Are to. Are you hungry? Like, uh, we're just going to read a menu now? I'm not super hungry, but, I mean, honestly, this menu really looks very good. <laughs> Where is it? In Wisconsin? Yes. Dang it. I mean, Jesus, they have something called pretzel chicken. I don't know. Whoa. I just, come on, man. Like, what am I supposed Fuck. to do? Um, now, I'm, now I'm so mad I'm not in Wisconsin. I know. I think probably we aren't really sad about that. Yeah, but I like, know, because that's the only place I'd want to be is this, in that one restaurant. <laughs> this place does seem like the place I would want to eat. Oh, they let, on their website, it says, latest awards... The best ribs in Milwaukee. Like, 
Oh, so, so it's it must Milwaukee. be. In, yeah, even though it's Menominee Falls, maybe that's a suburb of Milwaukee. Mm. Let's see about the photos on this. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I just, now I've gone down. That's fine. We don't need to talk about the show. We'll just talk uh, about the menu no, at this restaurant. You're right. So you're we, right. I need to no, focus we've, on. No, we've bec- no. We're changing the podcast today. We are now a food reviewing podcast of places we've never been to, and just <laughs> like reading their menus and saying what sounds good because that yeah. all sounded good. It did really sound very, very good indeed. But anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked. We have to <laughs> get back to the now. Um, so we're at the credits. And I have to say, I know I always say this. You loved the credits. I loved it. did a song and they did the whole little everybody's got their moment. Yes. And what I especially loved about these credits is part one. There's a total of three characters listed in the credits and it went the credits went for a full minute or more. Um, yeah, totally which was unnecessary. But they had to show like multiple like shots of people riding horses, right? Which I get. And then most, the best part of the credits was when they said with comet, and then they showed the horse comet. I get. Oh, I didn't credit. even. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. So now we are on to the first part of the episode, which is called Chapter One. Boiling point. Um, again, I th- the I think this chapter thing because there's the second part of the show is called chapter two. Um, I think that's meant to evoke to us that this is meant to be like, um, like old timey comic book, old timey serialized novel, dime store novel sort of thing. So it's trying to mm. capture some of that feeling uh, mm. by doing that. So now we. Now Briscoe Bowler and this woman um, are in Professor Ogden's tent and she reveals that she is Lillian Coles, so Ogden Coles' daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. And she says that she also has received a telegram from her father asking for help, but now he's missing. Um, She also explains that the really good-looking gang that has just lit out uh, of the camp is working for Bly. And Mm -hmm. that they are in the process of trying to get the orb because, and this is, I think, covered in a previous episode, if what I was able to infer is true. Um, So Professor Ogden Coles has an orb. And Mm. and I guess everyone knows that. And so Bly is trying to take it from him. But Coles has hidden it away somewhere. Okay. We also are introduced to this concept that will become very important to the story which is that Lillian has a special kind of medicine that she says Ogden has made for her and she needs to take it fairly regularly she Um, says for arthritis and then he's like that's weird and okay so the name the title of this episode as we stated before but just as a little um reminder is the fountain of youth so immediately i was like okay clearly she's taking some type of like youth elixir right right and she's really something else is happening here but with uh with them referring over and over even in like this first five minutes (laughs) about how good looking all the men were in that gang i thought they were all taking it too that totally makes sense i would totally understand that 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 the gang is somehow what they're trying to do is actually 
get to the fountain of youth or maintain their connection. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fountain yeah. Of youth. yeah. Um, yeah. then Bowler reports back that he's found the tracks that Ogden's um carriage has made, and so they know how to find him. Meanwhile, back in I'm not entirely sure where, but it's like a city street. We have mm-hmm. Socrates wandering around, and this character named Lee Pao comes to find him. Um, and you must have recognized this guy, right? This actor who plays Lee Pao. Yes, I did. He was on Seinfeld. <laughs> okay, yeah. James. His name is James Hong. Excuse me. He's, like, super been around since, yeah. like, time immemorial. I'm just going to quickly look him up because I... Didn't we only see him very briefly? So he's um, in the he's in the episode of um, Seinfeld where he works at a Chinese food restaurant and they're trying to get in and he like never calls their name. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is also let's see the stuff that I probably would know him from. Um, Oh, he's in something called The Last Sharknado. <laughs> so there's that. <gasps> Shoot. Uh, that's something. Um, oh, no, no, that's not what we care about. Um, whoa. There's all, he's in Kung Fu Panda. He's voiced various characters oh. in that. Um, I'm trying to see what else. Yeah, he's done a lot of TV stuff um, as well. So that checks out with the Seinfeld aspect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been if you, if you've like been watching TV and seen an You'd Asian guy, uh, this him. guy is that guy more often than <laughs> not. Uh, he is the guy who is going to play the Asian guy in pretty much everything, um, and so he explains to Socrates that Socrates himself has a destiny with the orb because Briscoe has a destiny with the orb and so he has to help Briscoe with something and then he gives him a special key that will lead him uh, to Briscoe and will help kind of fulfill the destiny that he has with the orb. Um, And I, I inferred from this that this whole destiny with the orb thing is kind of a running situation in this show. Mm-hmm. Um. Next, we go back out into the countryside, and Briscoe, Bowler, and Lily have found Ogden's encampment, and Briscoe and Bowler are like, you hang back, Um, we're going to go see what's happening. Meanwhile, we also are the good-looking gang, um, which I'm not sure if that's like capital G, capital L, capital G, the good-looking gang. Um, GLGs. The GLGs are just going about their life. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. And this is reminding me of that song from Boy Meets World. Do you yes. know the one? Oh, 100%. When a crime breaks out, all the cute girls shout, get the, get the good, good looking, looking guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> if there's of a course. crime out there, he's going to comb his hair because he's the. Because he's the good looking guy. Yeah. I love that episode. And that's, um, abs- that's what I thought of too when you said the good looking gang. <laughs> um, and they are, like, watching Briscoe, Bowler, and Lily ride up. 
and one of them, like with binoculars, and one of them says, oh, they're leaving her alone. That's just like planned. So we're getting some foreshadowing of some stuff that's about to happen. I think this is also when um, we often get these scenes where the GLGs are talking about like <laughs> grooming and skincare. Wait, was this when they were in the full on spa? No, that's later. Oh, this is okay, they're just okay. sitting outside and one of them is talking to the other. And I want to say it was about like, I can't remember now, but it was about clothing or skincare or something. But this is like a common, I think it's meant to be a joke. I'm not totally sure. Um, where they're like kind of not paying attention to the crimes they're supposed to be doing. They're more mm-hmm. interested in maintaining themselves. Um, but I mean, let's face it, being good looking is not simply genetics alone. So you do have True. to sort of work at it. <laughs> um, then we go down into this encampment. Briscoe and Bowler do, in fact, find Ogden, and he's really surprised to see them. So this is the first indication that something is amiss because he's like, I never sent you a telegram. I don't know what happened. Mm. And so just as he reveals that, in tumble the GLGs, um, and they are now seemingly taking Lily hostage because she was alone. And they're like, we'll also take Ogden because he'll do whatever we want because this is his daughter. Um, mm-hmm. and then they knock out Briscoe and Bowler and run away. When Briscoe and Bowler, um, revive, they decide that they are going to go after, um, Lily and Ogden to save them. Um, We cut back to the original camp, uh, and Socrates has made it there, and he's trying to find Briscoe, and that's when the key in his pocket starts to glow. So the key that Lee (laughs) Pao gave him starts to glow blue, Mm -hmm. and he's like, ah, this is what this Lee Pao guy was talking about, um, it's gonna lead me, so like, basically it's kind of like, um... Oh, what are those machines where, is it like um, a metal detector, right? Where like when you're closer to metal, it'd be like beep, 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 beep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that where it like glows when you're on the right track. And as if you move the key away out of the like line you're supposed to go, it go, goes dead. So that's, he's like, I'll find them this way. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we cut back. <laughs> Lily and Ogden are tied up in some kind of, like, room that it looks like it's a barn or it's a something. Yeah. And we learn, we still believe that Lily and Ogden are father and daughter. And so Lily apologizes to him and says, I took that medicine that you made with the orb. I'm really sorry about that. Um, and he's like, I totally understand. Um, you were in pain. Um, so again, we're getting some clues, but we don't totally know what's going on here with this medicine. Mm -hmm. Then, miraculously, though not really miraculously in hindsight, Lily gets loose from her top, like her bindings. And Ogden is like, don't worry about me, just run away. Um, and she's like, no, I can't leave you. But I think she's also a bit like very concerned about her medicine. So I think she's like, well, I'll run away, but tell me where the orb is so I can make more medicine. Right. Um, and so he does that. 
And then what is revealed? Once he tells her where the orb is, what happens? Then she it's, she's like, <laughs> if this were like a spy show, she's like a triple agent. Yes. <laughs> she's got like There's a, a lot, lot of stuff going on. Turnarounds in this show. So it's, it's found out that she's working with Bly and mm-hmm. he comes in. Right. So he has been listening at the door. He comes in and they do the usual thing that when a double cross is revealed, they look very chummy together. <laughs> um, and he's basically like, you know that she wants this medicine more than anything else. So she, I like, you know, I was able to kind of blackmail her into doing this. Yeah. Um, she's we, obsessed with that medicine. Just she like is. another drop she, on that. She is absolutely obsessed with it. And we will soon find out why. Yeah. This <laughs> <She> is, should be. <laughs> uh, this is now the scene that you loved so much where we're in the bathhouse and the GLGs yes. are talking are about like, skincare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, they literally have cucumbers and mud on their face. Like, yeah. they are straight up having a spa day in the Old yeah. West. I loved it. Um, and like I said, because being good looking is at least, let's say, 50% how you actually look, like genetics. And then, I truly, I think at least 50%, like, then honing that into something and, like, styling it and taking care of it and whatever. And having, the, yeah, and having the ability to do so, right? So, like, right, true. Not, to, not to sound like a bitter, poor person or anything, <laughs> but, like, celebrities have the money and the... Um, uh, they're working with, like, raw attractiveness of course sure. most of the time but then they on top of it have the like they can afford top line skincare they can right. afford you know the best clothes the best hair products all that stuff to maintain that look of perfection yeah and so um also are you poor Amy? <laughs> like, I am poor <laughs> I am I mean, I mean, com- we're all poor compared to those people, for sure. Yeah. Um, but even a regular person can do a certain amount of. Oh, of course, it's not like <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, and it's all about like the, the other thing about like celebrities is that they do it, or they feel maybe sure. more yeah, compelled, yeah. like they have to do it. Right. Like maybe a regular person's like, "Hey, listen, I don't need to spend this much money or even this much time." Doing this. Doing this, that, or the other because, like, I'm going into, like, my, like, office and what does Bob need to, like, have me looking perfect for? Do you know what I mean? Like, No. I mean, every one of us knows that some days you're, like, I'm not even fucking showering. And other yeah. days you're, like, okay, I'm going to, like, put in some effort. Let's and try. Generally speaking, on the days when you put in some amount of time, you look nicer. Like, Sure. That's just the nature of how this works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in this case, Briscoe and Bowler like kind of beat up the GLGs and then <laughs> um, one of them I'm reveals. I'm about to like make a gang literally called the good looking guys. I mean, it would be a great gang. I, and I would need <laughs> and I would need them to And dress. they wouldn't all have to be guys. Guys no. would just be like the word that we use. Yeah. But like. They, would I would need them look, to dress people. like. <laughs> I would need them to dress like the sharks from West Side <laughs> no, they, Story. No, they should be like the guys in in this one. There's literally a scene where like half of the GLG guys are um, shirtless, and I'm then right. I was like, whoa. And yeah. also, I will say, 
Well, because in know this anything. one, they're shirtless because they're in the yeah. spa. Right. Oh, yeah. But then I will say this about, like, musculature and whether in the 1890s they would have had that musculature. <laughs> well, no. You know what I mean? Pro- yes. No, they wouldn't have um, because... And, like, would their to, chests be shaved? Well, probably not, no. Um, <laughs> but even, like, you're right to point out, like, the way that people now can get so defined and, like, so big is because we have nutrition and stuff. Right. Um, which was, even if, like, just, and what we know about nutrition. And like supplements and all right. types of, like, extra things. But, like, things. even things that we know about, like, oh, if you're trying to build muscle mass, like, eat this thing. Um, they didn't entirely have a lot of that worked out. And definitely a lot of people um, were just not eating enough no, in and I mean, they were strong, like, don't get me wrong, like, they right. had to be very strong in the olden days, and especially at this time, you know, you're riding horses all day, like, that is not easy, I'm not pretending like they were weak, but they didn't look like no. this, no. <laughs> I don't think. No, they wouldn't have, they would have been probably, even like a more burly looking man to our eyes would probably, we might describe as more wiry, you know, yeah, like, and, yeah. kind of and, just But these like, guys were like... They were, there was pecs all over the place. Yes. There was abs. Like, it was a whole thing. Yes. So, we find out where they're keeping Lily and Ogden. But, of course, we already know that Lily has escaped from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we end up in this alleyway in town where, um, first, we have Lily, Ogden, and Bly, and then two henchmen walking down the alleyway. Bly just, like, kind of reaches out and kills these dudes. Um, yeah, what was that? He, like, touched their throat, and they were literally dead. Well, again, I mean... magic? We see later that he has various powers, um, mm. and it seems like maybe he already had them in that regard. Yeah, he but, must have. It reminded me a little bit of, I think it's in Kill Bill, or one of the Kill Bills, where <laughs> there's, like, some funny thing they do where it's, like, if you do, like, five... Like five taps around your heart and it makes your heart oh, explode or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it did what have that. Reminded that. Me of. <laughs> he because he did seemingly just like reach out and slash and then they dropped dead. Um, yeah, like with, but with his hand, not with any type right, of like right, not with an weapon. actual knife or anything. Um, and when this happens, Lily is taken by surprise. Um, of course, Ogden is like, he's a bad guy. You got double crossed by him. Because of double course crossing you yourself, were. yeah, double crossing like, the double crossing, <laughs> right? Like you worked together to kind of trick Briscoe and Bowler, but now he's gonna trick you. Um, it's never a good idea. Let's just say double crosses and heists. If you are in a position where someone is offering for you to be in a double cross or a heist, don't do it. <laughs> and if you are like. Please explain your life to me a little bit. I know. Um, what is your skill set? It sounds very much more interesting than mine. <laughs> I um, don't want to be a part of it, but it sounds interesting. Right. So then um, Bly basically threatens Lily's life. Um, I think this is when he draws a gun on her. Mm-hmm. And he says, so I'll kill her unless you tell me where that orb is. Well, I guess he's already said where the orb is. They already know that, yeah, but think, like, yeah, she, yeah, she's already told him, and now he's basically like, uh, "I don't need you." 
Oh, but I guess he still needs to, he needs Ogden to take him to the orb because I think he said some, it's called Devil's Cavern. And as we learned, Devil's Cavern is quite hard to navigate and large. So he's like, I need you to do this and I'm going to threaten the life of your daughter unless you do it. And so then Ogden says, okay. Later, Briscoe and Bowler find Lily in the alleyway. She's kind of playing it off like she's shaken and beaten mm-hmm. up because they don't know yet about the double cross. Right. Um, and then she says that Bly has kidnapped her father, Ogden. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh no, we gotta help him. Then the main GLG, um, <laughs> a guy that they are referring to as Berkey. And I do think he... Yeah, what was that? I don't know. It was just a weird name. Um... He definitely I had. I that was supposed to be like a like a pet name, like she, like his name. Is oh, like maybe. Berks and she's called yeah. him Berkey. Maybe. Um, he's called. That. He's named Berkey in the IMDb page. Okay, well then I guess not. Um, <laughs> but who's to say? Um, he, I would say, possibly had the best hair of the group. <laughs> um, his was the most Fabio esque, I guess. I yes, guess so. because the other guy, because like one of the guys didn't have long hair, um, but. Berkey and the and one of the lesser tier guys did have long hair. And mm-hmm. Berkey, yeah, he had a thing where like the top part of his hair kind of like flooped. Like it looked like it had been maybe blown out a little bit to like <laughs> mm-hmm. give some volume to the um Let's put it this roots. way. I would I would take his hair. I would wear oh, his hair as a yes. wig. <laughs> yes. Uh absolutely. And then the other one had more of a just straight up um, Hanson style long hair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my God. That really was, now that you said Hanson, it really was a thing of that time. Like that hairstyle on men was like for sure a thing. Like just a blunt cut across the bottom, like no wow. shaping, nothing yeah. with like a yeah. part down the middle. Yeah. That was the whole thing. And that's what the wow. other guy had. Um, and he did, and what I will say in his favor, it still looked great because he had really thick, nice hair. Yeah. That was shiny. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, this is, so Berkey runs up and this is when we see yet the other double cross of the double cross of the double cross (laughs) because Lily and Berkey and the GLGs have, this is all going according to their plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're planning to double-cross Bly, and I guess they needed Briscoe and Bowler to get to Ogden and to get all of this kind of going. Yeah. So the final scene of this first installment is that they've put Briscoe and um, Bowler into the bottom room of the bathhouse, like of the spa that they were in, Mm -hmm. where all the... Um, fire and steam is being generated for the bathhouse. Yeah. And they, like, handcuff them to a pipe. And in typical uh, kind of villain fashion, this is when Lily explains her whole plan to them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that she was the one who sent the telegrams um, all to kind of get to this point that they are now. Um, and then she leaves, as is often the case, assuming that these guys will die and her plan for killing them will work. Mm-hmm. Um, next we get to chapter two of this story, and that is called Future Shock. And that will 
is kind of foreshadowing of the reveal that we're <laughs> going to get very soon. So Briscoe and Bowler manage to get free from the steam room and escape the bathhouse just as it es- explodes. Mm-hmm. And then we have some really great wordplay dialogue. Briscoe says, now I'm steamed. <laughs> and Bowler responds with, ditto. Um, so that's, you know, pretty good humor, I'd say. Um, then, then we're now various, we're all kind of like trying to get to this place called Devil's Cavern, and each kind of group of people is slightly behind the one before. So first, um, Bly and Ogden are on the trail to Devil's Cavern, um, and we learn that Bly cannot himself handle the orb because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I do think this is funny because he says, he's like, well, you know, because I'm evil, <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> touch it. Um, and while this is all transpiring, some members of the GLG show up, um, but he he takes some of Lily's medicine, and in his case, that seems to, like, make his powers even stronger, because then he basically knocks out these guys with his mind. He's like, you're not following us, boom, and then they drop to the <laughs> ground. That's um, a good trick. It's quite something, and at first I was like, are they dead? But then we find out that they're just knocked out, because mm-hmm. some amount of time later, Lily and Berkey are riding through, and they find the rest of their gang passed out. Um, And so they're like, oh, maybe something's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And then what starts happening to Lily? Uh, She starts to, well, I think, is this the first, like, I remember there was one shot of her where I was like, ooh, like, just all of a sudden, because the whole time I'd been like, she's cute. Eve, I was like mm-hmm. recognizing her and I was like, man, she's cute. She is. Um, she also looked like she was quite petite. Yeah, very little. And but mind. also maybe all those men were big, but she did look yeah. very little. Yeah. Um, and then this one shot, I was like, ooh, girl's got some bags happening. What's going on? And then I <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, I see what's happening here. Like, yeah. So she's starting to, I guess at this stage, what it looks like is they took off her makeup, but Right. We're supposed and to maybe... believe like she added some little wrinkles or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's starting to age a bit. Yes. And she I think she has one streak of gray hair at this yeah. point as well. Yeah. And so when Berkey looks back at her after having kind of taken an, a quick accounting of their friends, he's he's puzzled. There's a look on his face that is like very strange. And she, and Lily in particular, he's like, oh, well, we should wait until they wake up. And she's like, no, we can't. So Lily is starting to be in a, some sort of precarious position. And this is also when she takes the last of her medicine is at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. Later, Briscoe and Bowler also are along the same stretch. Um, And Comet, the horse, indicates to them that they're being followed (laughs) Um, so they slow down and they create a trap for whoever's following them because they've only been dealing with people who are double crossers this whole day. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately the trap they set is against their friend Socrates 
And it's a pretty clever trap. Do you remember what they do? No, I don't. They take a rope and, like, rig it up so it's going across the trail. Yeah. And it's set up so that when somebody who's riding on a horse tries to go and they, like, conceal it somehow, basically it knock the horse can go under it, but it's going to knock you off because it's going to, like, hit you in your chest and knock oh, you down shit. back off your horse. That's yikes <laughs> so that's what happens then they mm-hmm. s- feel bad because it's his friend and socrates gives them this key and they're like what is this for and he's like i was just told this is part of my destiny i'm meant to go along with you for the rest of the way the key will illuminate like literally illuminate our way because it glows and that we're like okay fine <laughs> then we managed now the final bit of the show is happening. We're at Devil's Cavern. Um, and Ogden and and Lily and Berkey have caught up with Ogden and Bly. Mm-hmm. Lily is now fully old. Um, yep. She has all gray hair, um, quite a lot of wrinkles. Like, they've really gone to town on the wrinkle thing. Yeah, but um, I will say, though, that, like, was in this, like, first, um, because she continues to, like, get older and older. In the right. first version, she's, like, sort of, I mean, she's old, but, like, I would say not so old that she literally cannot walk anymore. Like, right. she literally, like, can't walk. But also, like, Berkey immediately was like, oh, you're ugly. And I was like, right. oh, my God, yeah. that's rude. As soon as he turns around, because I guess they've been riding hard and he hasn't noticed, like, as soon as yeah. he turns around and sees her old face... He just jets. He is He does, gone. and he literally like, says the words, you are ugly. Yeah. Like, there's... <laughs> I just thought that was way harsh. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was way harsh, obviously. And now Lily is without her GLGs, so her plan has fallen yep. apart. Um, yep. And, you know, this is one of those things where, like, we're meant to see Lily have a change of heart, but I'm not sure I fully buy into it because I'm like... She only has this change of heart when she no longer can do her plan anymore. Um, Because she does, like... When she's super screwed, like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, like, when she's basically too far gone. Like, because then she does seem to, like, collapse soon. Like, and then her Ogden is there. And she she's kind of apologetic. She's like, I never should have done this double cross, double cross, double cross thing. Mm -hmm. Um... And Ogden, and basically Bly is like, this is perfect because now uh, you need to make this medicine. You need the orb to do it. She's miserable, so you will go and find it for me. <laughs> so that so Bly and Ogden go into the cave, leaving Lily outside, not doing great. Mm-hmm. When Briscoe, Bowler, and Socrates ride up, Lily has aged even more. Um, and it does seem like yeah, somehow... She- it's like happening like exponentially fast. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. It's like at first it was like just the one streak, but now as we're getting closer and closer to something, she's like it's on the precipice of death. Yes, <laughs> like, she yeah. is absolutely. Um, this is when she, of course, explains to us the thing that we should have known already, if and you had worked out um, that the orb had touched some water. The mm-hmm. water that has been touched by the orb is the medicine and it is the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. She reveals that she is not in fact Ogden's daughter, but his mother who 
Yikes. Yeah, who was dying, well, maybe not dying, but who was in deep pain because of arthritis. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole thing. That's the, that's what pushed her into doing this. And I, do, I think I, this is the part where, so she's really dying at this point. And so her kind of, well, first she says, and I just wanted to be surrounded by a gang of attractive men. And I was like... <laughs> I think there are some (laughs) quote-unquote documentary films that capture quite a lot of these sentiments as well. (laughs) Intriguing. Um, Oh, my God. But, I I mean, I guess I get it. Like, we don't know exactly how old she was when she took this medicine, but I suppose Mm -hmm. if you're like, I've been old for a long time and now I'm cute again, I want (laughs) to get in the mix with these men. I mean, yeah, I guess. It's pretty funny, but, like... The amount of times they're, they, they just mention how good-looking these people are in, in the show, yes. like, did crack me up. For sure. And so then um, her, like, dying wish is that Briscoe, Bowler, and Socrates will save her son um, because she has, basically, she, and she's right, she's like, his love for me has put him in this position that is dangerous mm-hmm. and bad, and now I see mm-hmm. the error of my ways. And like I said, I... I don't fully buy into this change of heart because I'm like, you. this only happened when all of yeah, your other, got no other things choices. fell apart. Yeah. Um, so then we go into this cave. Um, they're initially lost in there because it's this devil's cavern thing. And I guess it's, I don't know. Is it supposed to be haunted? Is that why they're having such trouble? Or is it just generally a complex cave? I honestly have no clue. But doesn't really matter because um, Socrates is like, let's use this key that always glows that tells us what we need to do. And when he pulls out the key, Briscoe's gun also starts to glow, like the ivory handle of the gun starts to glow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, the key opens up this compartment on the gun. And then when they open the handle, there's like a special bullet inside of there. Yeah. And I He's think that's the one bullet that can kill me. No. <laughs> yeah. And I think because they say it's made out of the same um, alloy that the orb is made out of. So it's like something special. Okay. So the final scene, the climax of the whole thing is that you actually have to go through this devil's cavern cave to go to the other side to get to this waterfall place where mm-hmm. Ogden has hidden the orb. Mm-hmm. And Bly is like, you have to go in and get it because, you know, I'm evil, I can't touch it. Um, <laughs> so Ogden goes in, he takes the orb out from where it's hidden behind the waterfall, and then Bly is like, and now you have to activate it and definitely don't fuck around with that because I'll know, and then your your mom's going to die. Um of course, Ogden doesn't know that his mom did already die. Right. When Socrates and Briscoe and Bowler catch up to all of this, Socrates immediately tells him, your mom is dead. Um, so you don't need to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then things really take a turn that I wasn't entirely expecting. Um, the orb has been activated... And Bly is powered up by it somehow. 
and mm-hmm. he's fit, and he's doing the typical villain thing, which is like I've I'm victorious, and now I'm just going to spout information to you right before I kill you all. I guess mm-hmm. um, he reveals that he is from the year twenty five oh six. Yep, and that the reason he has been so consumed with getting these orbs is because somehow they will help him go back to his time. Right, okay. And also, in his time, rule the world, which that I'm less sure about how that works, but that's what he believes will happen. Hmm. Hmm is a good response. <laughs> um, so he's very sure of himself. He feels he's figured everything out and that there's nothing that they can do to stop him. But then what happens? They've got this special bullet. Correct. And when Briscoe reveals that he has this special bullet, Bly is very concerned. Briscoe shoots him with the special bullet. And then what happens? He, he like, he, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it, but he like explodes into like a little glittery gold Mm -hmm. um, explosion and then he spins around and like becomes part of the orb. Right. Yeah. And I think there's even, cause like, so the orb, we didn't explain the orb, so I'll, I'll try my best to explain what it looks like. It is a big golden circle that looks like maybe it would be about a foot in diameter. Mm-hmm. And, but then the circle has these weird little uh, nobules or nodes all around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like a coronavirus germ. Um... But that's this whole, like, the thing that Bly was saying about the combination is that you can pull out these little nodes and they are like rods with little liquid inside that is blue. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's like what makes the various magical things and powers happen and whatever. And then I'm almost positive that once Bly kind of like, disappears sort of or like is dematerialized he gets pulled into the rod and then isn't there like a little quick shot where we see like his face in that liquid yeah, again yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I think so um so you're like okay so now he's trapped in this orb problem solved I suppose so the final scene is we're back at Ogden's camp and he's packed up the orb for Briscoe to keep. And he's like, my part of the orb's journey is complete. I'm no longer responsible for guarding the orb. It's your job. Which I'm like, what a convenience for you, sir. Like, to put it onto <laughs> somebody else. Um, and that what Briscoe now needs to do is, like, not only guard the orb, but learn all about it and how it works. And that is it. The show is over, but I do, like, I think one of the final lines is Bowler being like, can we just do cowboy stuff now? (laughs) Yes, I did like that. And that is the show. Um, Before we move on, any questions about any of these plot points? 
No, I don't care. I mean, okay, in my great. in my head, I was like doing the math. I was like twenty. He's from the year twenty five oh six. Okay, okay, okay. What is that realistic? Like scientifically, because I feel like we've talked about this in the past. Like when they say like really big like time travel splits, that that's right. less realistic. Um, but I didn't really care. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So yawns and eye rolls. Starting okay. with yawns. One yawn is this was scintillating. I loved it. Um, and I couldn't take my eyes off it. And ten yawns is like, oh, how many more minutes will this go on for? What would you give it? Um, I think for me, it's going to go right in the middle. I was having problems at moments. Some of it was technical because it kept glitching on my end. And I was like, it was making it longer and more painful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think the story needed 45 whole minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but it wasn't also, I wasn't like, I've seen worse. So yeah, middle, like five. Yeah, I would say... I'm going to give this, like, maybe a two, even. Um, Oh. Because I wasn't super bored, but, like, I've said about a couple things we've watched lately, like, there was a lot of time for not very much story. Um, Yeah. And so I would either like you to then make the thing a bit shorter or give me more story, like, one or the other. So... Mm. That's how I feel about this. In terms of yeah. eye rolls, one eye roll is like, you know, normal amount <laughs> of suspension of disbelief. Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, just absolutely not. No way. I don't uh, buy into any of this. I mean, it's hard because it's like we've got Fountain of Youth Elixir Medicine. We've got mm-hmm. like 500, 600-year time traveler. We've got cowboys. <laughs> we've got What's hard to believe game. about any of those things? <laughs> I don't know. But at the same time, I was like going with it because it was also silly. Like it, it, it didn't feel like it took it. I mean, I guess it took itself seriously, but it wasn't something where I'd be like, I wasn't like screaming at the TV like, oh, I don't believe this. So right. I would I would say like maybe six. Mm. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Wow. I'm not okay. Sure. I was okay. gonna say three and then I was like, I don't know, did I like it that much? I can't I, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure where it falls for me on the scale of eye rolls. Believability. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere um, between a three and a six. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um yeah, I guess I might be more comfortable saying five, mainly because okay. of this orb thing. Um, yeah. I don't totally get what that's all about, and it does seem to be a very convenient, like, we don't really have to explain anything because orb type mm-hmm. of yeah, exactly. story device. Yeah. Um, so that makes me a little bit concerned. But in general, I do like a sci-fi western similar to like something like Firefly, which is much more, like there's no magic in that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do like the combination of science fiction and western. Um, I just 
maybe the kind of vaguely mystical aspect of this orb thing is not my particular jam and therefore makes me a little more eye-rolly than I would be in other circumstances. So finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Um... (laughs) Uh... I like it for one episode. And I would <laughs> recommend someone maybe watch a episode if they were if their interest was piqued. But I would never go as far as to be like, "Ooh, you got to watch this show. It's called blah blah, blah whatever the hell this show's called, Adventures of Bristol Briscoe." I keep wanting to say Bristol County. Briscoe County. Uh yeah, I would never no, I don't think I would recommend it. No, but if someone was into westerns, maybe mm. I would be like you could try it. <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> you don't like it. That's your typical recommendation. Yeah, I get nervous. I get very nervous of like <laughs> personal retribution or something. Oh my god. Um yeah, I would say I generally liked this and it did kind of sort of pique my interest in maybe watching some other episodes though I've not done so as yet um but I'm not yeah I don't know I would I think I would have to see more before I say I recommend or don't yeah um that's my feeling at the moment anyway yeah that makes sense well um welcome to 2022 everyone (laughs) uh we look forward to another year of intriguing and intrepid science fiction adventures um, I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.